Christian. He is Jimmer. That wasn't really met with a question mark, but... Welcome back to Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Chips. Red Rock Deli Chips. These look delicious. Sweet chili and sour cream. Let's skip the whole nonsense and go straight to the chips. All right, but very briefly we'll discuss rhizotomy. Ah, it's brief. It's who brief. cares? Rhizotomy is a neurosurgical ablation that deadens a nerve root. There you have it. Okay. To the chips. Sweet. Ablation is essentially where you burn the nerve. Uh, this is done to the typically the dorsal root, which is the sensory portion of the nerve. Hopefully no motor involvement with these things. If you hit the motor unit, you screwed up. What we find is that this has been used historically in children with spasticity, particularly things like cerebral palsy. Uh, they have started to use it in things like um, multiple sclerosis. But we see it here in the clinic predominantly for facet joint pain. It will be used in a way to treat a chronic pain pattern. Typically this will follow a nerve root of some sort. And that's why they will perform the rhizotomy, prevent you from feeling the discomfort, and then you can kind of move on with your life a little bit. Supposedly. Yeah. I know that's supposed to be supposedly, but supposedly is cooler. What we find is that typically someone who has a benefit from cortisone, so a, uh, a cortisone injection in the area, if you have a, what they say is an 80% improvement, that's usually a very strong indication that his rhizotomy will also benefit you. We see a fair bit of cortisone as diagnostic. Here's another specific example of how that's diagnostic and then can lead treatment. Facet joints are... Small little joints in your spine, they run from your, basically the top of your cervical spine all the way down to the bottom of your lumbar spine, and they articulate between two levels of your vertebrae. Typically we'll see rhizotomies done in the cervical area. The lumbar rhizotomy is not as common, but does pop up from time to time. There you have it. Uh, recovery from a rhizotomy is actually relatively quick in most cases. They will say one to two days prior to your typical work, daily, and or sport activity. Uh, some individuals will have discomfort that stretches longer than that. That is rare, apparently. But uh, if you're experiencing chronic facet joint pain and cortisone has been beneficial for you, Perhaps the next step is a rhizotomy, which will last a little bit longer. How long does it last, Christian? It's a great question, Jimmer. I don't have a specific answer for you. Because there is none. It, uh, the body will heal that dorsal root, and so slowly over time, that sensation can return. And uh, you may or may not re-experience those same pain symptoms. You may not, but in most cases... It's not a permanent solution, just a longer-term solution than cortisone. Yes. It's, it keeps, uh, it's recently made a, made a comeback. It was pretty popular about 10, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And with the, with the battle against opioids, I guess this is one of those things that, um, that could potentially take the place of long-term opioid use and has, uh, has been making a comeback. I haven't seen... Um, Tremendous amount of long-term results. That's yeah, just me. Yep. I'm sipping a beer. It's 7 in the morning. It's 9 and it's water, but, you know, 
Whatever. Wow. <laughs> Shot that down. <laughs> yep. Resonomies are out there. In terms of danger, very low. We don't see any typically long-term related issues to this. So it's worth a try if you make it to that point and traditional PT techniques don't work for you. Typically physical therapy follow-up for a rhizotomy is mostly related to, to, to the children or, or to spasticity issues. So people with MS and people with cerebral palsy, not so much for facet joint pain or chronic pain. Because theoretically you shouldn't feel anything after the rhizotomy. And so in most cases people can get back to the regular activities is the theory. Yes, it's good theory. Yeah, and it works. In a lot of cases, people have uh, substantial immediate relief. The question is, how long does it last? And and therein lies the trick. You know, if you have the injection and you feel that's a cure-all, fix-all, eventually the pain will return. So you're going to have to address the cause of the problem, right? Because pain is never the original problem. Yeah, it's an expression of a deeper problem, functional, structural, yeah, what have you. And surgery for facet joints has not been the most consistent. The most common thing you'll see is a fusion, which leads to other issues, generally speaking. A fusion usually leads to more fusions. That's yes. almost a guarantee. So that's, that's the issue with the fusion. And so if done at a young enough age, you can see steady fusing for decades? I, I have clients who, who started out with a single or, or double level fusion and they're now fused virtually all the way up and down, which doesn't seem to be a good idea unless there's, if there's a true structural problem, and this is for another day, another time, but if you have a, a great three spondy or you run the risk of severing the spinal cord, yeah, fusion is, uh, is obvious the, the right course of treatment, but a lot of times I don't think it is. Anyway, that's for a different day at a different time. Yeah, we've already discussed that on our fusion section, the spinal cord or the spine fusion. See, we've done so many of these, I can't remember what we talked about. Yeah, basically... That could uh, also be my advanced age. I mean, spine surgery for pain is generally not the way to go. Spine surgery should be reserved for things like instability, atrophy... Fractures, displaced fractures... Yeah, and uh, risk of neurological endeavors... Yeah. Word, but. yeah, yeah, you know, severe scoliosis, what have you, but pain? Pain not, in the, by itself, not a strong indicator of surgery. Well, it's a strong indicator for some people, but usually not very good outcomes. Yeah, that's a good way to say that. If pain is the predominant problem, it's worth venturing in different avenues. Well said, really nice. That's the rhizotomy in a nutshell, though. Pretty simple. I didn't know nutshells had nerve roots. Yes. Huh. Trivia time. Last week's trivia, what is the most densely populated U.S. state? I was a good one. Yeah, we had a wide variety of answers. Things from New York and California and Florida, Rhode Island. Yeah, that was my first guess. But a handful of correct answers. New Jersey is the most densely populated U.S. state. It is, uh, it is on par with the Netherlands, which yeah. is also interesting because their land mass is roughly the same. So, Really? Yeah. Huh. So it turns out New Jersey is just the Netherlands of America. 
I didn't realize that it was that small. I thought New Jersey was bigger. Yeah. Shows you what I know. That's, uh, that's how we got there. Rhode Island is the second most densely populated state, followed by Massachusetts and Connecticut. So all relatively small states with... Uh, with a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you get dense populations. So well done to, to Nickel, to the Kunkel, to the A-Trainer Niner, and to Kem. We also have to say good guesses to the Breakaway PT, Natasha, Tony Korea, Chris Bruno, Tanya Fuller, and Lisa. There you have it. Yeah. Hey, um, good luck, Kem. Hope you're, uh, hope you're well on the mend. Oh, yes. Hopefully. Get back out there soon. That looked impressive. Yeah. This week's question, and this is a music question, the new Yardbirds are better known as... Bleep. So I can tell you it's a band. The New Yardbirds band is better known as. And the reason we ask this is because the answer is awesome. Yeah, I was not aware. It's a good so, story. So we'll get to that. So delve into that, but without using your Google. Yes. Because that's cheating. Chip time! Sweet chili and sour cream kettle-style potato chips. Anytime I see a kettle, I already know it's going to be good, right? I mean, the chip consistency is always almost yeah. there. It's All rare. they can screw up now is the flavor. Yeah. And I think they tried because they added sour cream well, to this is, sweet uh, chili. One of Australia's favorite Red Rock Deli flavors. And the Aussies have some odd, odd flavor combos. So they do. This, this may potentially be good. So we've got the Red Rock Deli sweet chili and sour cream, compliments of Michael Westover. Chip to air ratio, a staggering 60% on these bad boys. That's how the Aussies rule. So, uh, did Michael go to Australia and pick these up for us? I uh, sure. Well, Let's we, go with that. I don't know why he wouldn't have done that. Thanks, Michael. I mean, it's a bit of a trip during a pandemic, but you know, he's really committed. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, no, he didn't get in. There's yeah. no way. Yep. Yeah, they, these came from uh, from the local store. I bet. Well, still, you going for it? As predicted, a good chip. Yeah, sour cream flavor. I'm not really getting any sour cream. No. Definitely getting sweet chili. We've done that yeah, before. In, uh, huh. I'm not getting any sour cream. Maybe it's because I'm pushing it away because I'm going to like this so much. Maybe. Maybe. Ooh, foldy. Nice. You getting sour cream? I'm getting sour cream, yeah. Where are you getting it? I'm getting it up front. Well, I'm only getting sweet chili, and I'm loving it. Well, that's good. Um, a bag of these will go down easily. Yeah. I'm going two thumbs up. I'm also going two thumbs this up. This is good. It's good. Good spice. It's not a. It's not overpoweringly sweet. And it's definitely not sour creamy, and I'm the anti-sour cream king. So if Christian says he tastes it, I would trust him. Um, but it's definitely not interfering with the with the flavor. No, yeah. solid chip, good chip. Two thumbs up. Thanks so much, Michael. Yeah, man. Um, good way to kick again on Sunday. The, proves again that the Aussies know what they're doing. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. We got that down. We're honorary Aussies.
by default. By the way, uh, if my Aussie friends are listening in Sydney, Jan, Mel, and the kids, shout out. We're coming, eventually. We'll be there. And um, and we'll try some more of these uh, Red Rock Deli chips. Yeah, make a trip. I uh, love you guys. Thank you for listening today. Next week, we're going to go over Upper Trip versus Levator Scap. So this is a common thing I see where people talk about their upper trap being problematic, but it's really their levator scap. Levator scapulae, one of my favorite muscles. We are going to review the one in six snacks Carolina Kettle Down East Carolina barbecue chip. A lot of words in there. Huh. Yeah. South Carolina? East Carolina. East Carolina. It's not even a state. Is it a region? An area? Yeah. A zip code? Maybe. What are the numbers? That's the name of the chip company. One in six snacks. One in six snacks? Yeah. So the other five are bad, but this is their one in six that is good? I don't know. This Let's is, go with it. This is what we got. I don't, I don't know. Hmm. I just don't know. I'm going to go home and have pancakes. Oh, we have pancakes for breakfast. Well, we have panakuka for breakfast. Karen is making panakuka for Aiden. Ooh, so. you're looking. Yeah. Yeah. It's rope. Anyway. Nice. Um, you want to do your spiel? Yeah, if you liked the episode today, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. If you're looking for more information on this topic, follow us on Instagram and or Twitter throughout the week. Now, Rosatomy is easier to visualize than through a picture than it is kind of through what we say, so definitely check that out to help you figure out what's going on there. If you want more information on rebound therapy, head to our website, reboundclinic.com. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.